One of the most anticipated movies this summer was Marvel's Black Widow. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. Other Avengers have had solo movies like Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. But now, it's Black Widow's turn. The character of Black Widow has an interesting and dark past. That's our colleague Joe Flint. He covers the business of Hollywood. She was a spy, and she's now trying to clean up that mess. And a lot was riding on this movie for Marvel's parent company, Disney. Black Widow was Disney's big Marvel summer release, with full anticipation that this will generate a ton of heat and attention and do well. Anything with the name Marvel on it is expected to be a big box office smash. There are no sort of little Marvel movies. This time, fans didn't have to go to theaters to see it. Disney also made the movie available on its streaming service, Disney+. Plus. But the star of the movie, Scarlett Johansson, was not happy about that decision, saying she lost out on tens of millions of dollars as a result. So, last week, she sued Disney, and Disney's fighting back. Well, talent and media companies get into fights all the time. It's rare that they spill into the public with such spectacular fashion. But this battle of Hollywood giants is bigger than the heroes fighting it. It's part of a larger story that's been going on in the industry for the last few years, escalating tensions between the creative community and the big studios and networks. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, August 4th. Coming up on the show... The fight over Marvel's Black Widow and the future of how Hollywood stars get paid. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. In the world of Hollywood, how big of a star is Scarlett Johansson? She is a very big star, and she is one of those talents that can do lots of different things. Johansson has starred in everything from critically acclaimed dramas like Marriage Story. I realized I I didn't ever really come alive for myself. I was just feeding his aliveness. To comedies like Rough Night. Okay, guys, I can't do any cocaine. I'm running for office. And family movies like We Bought a Zoo. But they're not called cages, they're called enclosures. They haven't been called cages in like a century. The Black Widow movie represents the end of an era for Johansson. After starring in nine Avengers movies, this was likely going to be her last one. She reflected on leaving the Marvel franchise on Good Morning America in June. I think it's bittersweet. You know, I've had an incredible decade uh, working with my Marvel family. I'm going to, you know... But the movie was also expected to be a huge payday for Johansson and Disney. 
While negotiating her Black Widow movie contract in 2017, Johansson says she was promised a cut of box office revenue, which could mean a potential payday of tens of millions of dollars, depending on how the movie did in theaters. And that sort of deal, a share of box office ticket sales, is something that a lot of big actors try to get when they negotiate contracts with major studios. A large part of it, of course, is compensation, but also in what form will that compensation take? And the more powerful the actor, the bigger the star, the more leverage they have to negotiate for that piece of box office. I mean, it's one thing to get a base salary. We're going to pay you $15 million to do this movie. It's another thing to get a deal that says you're going to make 20% of the global gross box office receipts from this movie. That's a lot bigger a figure. How much bigger? Well, that would, of course, depend on how the movie did and everything. That's the point. There's no cap on it. And Marvel movies have pretty much always done well at the box office. Over the past decade, they've generated billions of dollars in revenue for Disney and the movie's top stars. But Black Widow, like a lot of recent releases, has been caught up in a big shift in the way studios are releasing movies. They're all pivoting to streaming services. To simplify it a little... Everyone wants to become Netflix. They want to build that same sort of direct-to-consumer relationship that Netflix has. And the pandemic gave big studios a chance to push that pivot even further. The pandemic gave Disney and Warner Brothers and Universal an opportunity to put into fourth gear what they were already planning anyway. They were already discussing and planning, putting more movies on their streaming service, doing simultaneous releases on streaming and in the movie theaters. All of this was being discussed for a long time. But when COVID hit, suddenly there was a window of opportunity to really experiment with this and see how it went. And most big studios did. Since the beginning of the pandemic, tons of movies have been released in theaters and on streaming platforms at the same time. Like, Warner Brothers released Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. And you cannot have it all. You can only have the truth. And Pixar's Soul came out on Disney+. Plus. That's when I knew... I was born to play. And Paramount released Lovebirds on Netflix. What are you doing? I'm calling 911. Please don't do that. We would, we would never hurt anyone. You'd like to report a murder or whatever? We didn't murder anybody! These studios had a lot of movies that they'd spent a lot of money on sitting on a shelf, and they had to find some sort of way to generate revenue for them, especially given what was going on in the movie theater industry. But even as COVID restrictions have eased and movie theaters have opened back up, some studios decided that going forward, they wanted to keep releasing their movies this way, both on streaming platforms and in theaters. Warner Brothers surprised all of Hollywood by just announcing one day, hey, we're putting our entire 2021 movie slate on HBO Max at the same time those movies are in the theaters. They didn't really go out and discuss it with the talent or the talent's agents or lawyers. They sort of sprung it on them. And the reaction from town, of course, was outrage. You can't do this. We were promised exclusive theatrical releases. You haven't negotiated our deals in the right way. Some actors were upset because they thought that after restrictions began to lift, releasing movies online would undercut box office performance and importantly, their share of ticket sales. And so they asked Warner Brothers to renegotiate their contracts. In the end, Warner Brothers agreed, 
And for movies that were already in production, the company proactively gave big payments to actors before their movies came out to make up for potential losses at the box office. We've reported that Denzel Washington and Will Smith got over $25 million as part of their renegotiation. Each? $25 million each? Oh, yeah. Each, yes. Wow. Yeah, they got a lot of money. And in fact, as I report on the Disney story and talk to other studios doing similar things, there's a lot of anger at Warner Brothers right now because there's a general sense that they went too far the other way, that they overcompensated the talent on these movies, basically treating every movie as if it was going to be a huge hit. And not all of them were. A Warner Brothers executive told our colleague Joe that its intention was to, quote, make sure people felt fairly compensated. But Disney did not take the Warner Brothers approach and renegotiate deals with talent. And now it's getting sued. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at Mercury.com. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. When Black Widow was released to the public in theaters and on Disney+, Plus, it brought in a lot of money for Disney. Black Widow opened on July 9th, and during its opening weekend, the movie made $80 million in domestic box office, $78 million overseas, and another $60 million on Disney+, Plus, where people had to pay $30 to watch the movie. So that's a strong opening, given the COVID of it all and the theater situation. At an investor conference in May, Disney CEO Bob Chapek said the decision to release the movie in theaters and on Disney Plus was all about giving consumers options during the pandemic. You know, we've already delayed Black Widow a couple of times. We didn't want to delay it again. Yet at the same time, we always knew that there was a risk that ex- exhibition wasn't going to be fully developed or that consumers wouldn't want to go back and sit in theaters. So we realized that we had to sort of prime the pump and give theatrical exhibition a chance, but we couldn't put all our eggs in the theatrical exhibition basket because we knew that, you know, in the weeks leading up to the decision, the domestic market was not coming back and it's still, you know, fairly weak. And so we're really confident that we made the right, the right call there. So we've given the consumer choice to either, you know, watch it in theaters if they feel comfortable or if not watch it in the comfort and, and the safety of their home. But releasing Black Widow to streaming was also a boon for Disney+. Plus. The company even put out a press release touting the fact that it made $60 million via streaming. Disney Plus 
is hugely important to the Walt Disney Company. It is in many ways the future of the company. They have put a priority on this service and launching it and being able to keep all the content they create, all the content they own, to be able to exploit it on their own streaming services, whether it's Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+. Plus. It's all about building a direct pipeline to the consumer, which allows you to establish those direct relationships, but it also allows you to keep more of the profits. But according to Johansson's lawsuit, the focus on streaming might be good for Disney, but it's not good for her paycheck. And what does Johansson allege in her lawsuit? Breach of contract. I mean, for all the talk about theatrical versus streaming and the future of the movie industry and everything else, ultimately, this is a breach of contract suit. She's simply arguing that when Disney put the movie on Disney+, Plus, they violated her contract because she was promised a theatrical-only release. And hence, it was upon Disney to renegotiate her deal and make sure that her salary was adjusted for the potential lost revenue from the theatrical box office. According to her lawsuit, Johansson first raised concerns in 2019 about the possibility of Black Widow going straight to streaming. Johansson's lawyers said they approached Marvel at the time and that the company's top lawyer responded in an email saying that, We understand that should the plan change, we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. So Scarlett Johansson's legal team believes this is their smoking gun, that this email indicates that Marvel was well aware that if they put this movie on Disney+, Plus, it was going to adversely affect her compensation and they would have to make good on it. While the lawsuit itself doesn't say how much Johansson might have lost, a person familiar with her contract claimed that she could be losing out on more than $50 million. The lawsuit also pointed out that certain Disney executives had bonuses tied to the performance of Disney+, and that that might be part of the reason why Black Widow was also released on streaming. It is true that in Disney chairman Bob Iger and Disney CEO Bob Chapek's contracts, their bonuses are in part based on the success of, of Disney+. Plus. You might expect in any CEO contract that they're going to get bonuses based on the performance of key assets. So that's not really all that surprising to me. You know, putting this in the suit the way Scarlett Johansson's team did, though, certainly they were trying to suggest that these two had their own personal motivations to put this movie on the streaming service as well because it would help it perform and then hence allow them to have potentially bigger bonuses. In response to the lawsuit, Disney put out a statement. Besides saying that the suit has no merit whatsoever, Disney said, and I'm this is a direct quote, the lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then Disney went on to say that they've fully complied with her contract. And furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus has significantly enhanced her ability to earn compensation on top of the 20 million she has received to date. That's pretty strongly worded. Yes, I call it a scorched earth statement. Even in a bitter legal fight, usually 
the corporation being sued tries to strike a tone of neutrality or peace in its statement, a statement I might have been expecting would have been, Scarlett Johansson is a valued member of the Marvel Universe. We're very distressed by this lawsuit. We feel we have been fair in our negotiations with her, but we look forward to resolving this amicably, yada, yada, yada. What signal do you think Disney was trying to send with this statement? Disney has a reputation as a tough company. They are fierce negotiators. They are very experienced. There's a lot of very knowledgeable people in there. And I think they were no doubt, you know, maybe trying to send a message to other talent as well. That they're not going to pay the kind of money that Warner Brothers did earlier to renegotiate these contracts. Right. That they're not going to be pushovers and they're not going to respond well to threats or litigation. How has Johansson responded to Disney's strong statement? She herself has not responded, but her agent, Brian Lord, who is a co-chairman of Creative Artists Agency, which is, of course, the biggest uh, talent agency in town, he went after Disney. He said that they have shamelessly and falsely accused uh, Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone they and I know she isn't. He basically said the company included her salary in their press statement in an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and businesswoman as if that was something she should be ashamed of. Do you think that we are likely to see more lawsuits like this? I do think we will see more. You know, I don't know if we're going to see like one every day, but I think as this goes on, we will see more of these suits making all these changes. And especially in this rushed fashion that we're seeing is what's got talent concerned that their needs won't be met, that they will get squeezed in the desire of all these big media companies to control their own destiny and out Netflix, Netflix. So I think it's going to be a very interesting and challenging next few years in the relationships between the creative community and the gatekeepers. And, uh, you know, ultimately we'll, we'll see what happens. They both need each other, even as much as they don't want to admit it. They, they both need each other to make the content that keeps people buying it and uh, generating profits and allowing them to make more. That's all for today, Wednesday, August 4th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Eric Schwartzel. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.